Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Two Western Conference title contenders square off tonight. Rocking like it's Oracle. We don't break under these conditions. That's not who we are. All right, let's go. Here's Green. Got caught in the air and turned it over. Phoenix ball. Ball into the lane with a floater. It's good. Chris Paul comes up big again. The Phoenix Suns match. A franchise record with their 62nd win. They've been the best team all regular season long, and it's not close. Setting a franchise record. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews. And Wednesday, it was nothing new for the Suns. They've been winning away from home all year long. In fact, their 31 and 6 record on the road this season is on pace to be the best by any team in a season in NBA history. And a big reason for their success, it's been their ability to maintain leads. So the Suns, they are 46 and 0 when leading after three quarters this season. That's also on pace to be the best record in NBA history for a team entering the fourth quarter with a lead. So you might say, all right, that's why they're at the top of the standings, Malika. We know all of this. Well, there's one more ingredient, secret sauce, if you will, to their recipe. They get it done in crunch time. So the Suns are 17 and one in clutch games on the road, which is the best record in a season by any team over the last 25 years. So here are the Suns on tying the franchise record. And to be able to, you know, win that game and tie the franchise record says a lot about what our players commit to every single day. You know, the franchise and the organization, the people that have came before us, and, you know, now to be up there with them ones, you know, it, it, it feels good. Seasons are hard. It's a long season, ups and downs of a season. So, uh, you know, it's, it's dope to be a part of that with this franchise and have an opportunity to have the most wins this franchise ever had. Obviously, I'd like to get a championship <laughs> to go along with that. We understand that we do have a target on our backs being the best team in the NBA. We always preach the wear down effect and just weather the storm, there's gonna be runs and you know that's when we need each other more, that's when we come together. All right, pretty cool as Monty Williams often says, right? Well done is better than well said as we <laughs> welcome in Kendrick Perkins and Vince Carter who's hanging out with me today. Hello gentlemen, so Perk, I'm gonna start with you here though. If we're looking at talking about championships with mm -hmm. the Phoenix Suns, they clearly are best team in the NBA right now. Are you taking the Suns or the field? Well, I'm taking the field, and the oh. reason and the reason being is because why we're we not saying are we taking the Bucks or the field? Last time I checked, the Bucks are the defending champions. Last time I checked, the Bucks are the ones that are, has bought back their core pieces, their big three, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's the most dominant player in the league, arguably the best player in the league. Then, then you have Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, and now they have Brooke Lopez. Look, this team hasn't been healthy the entire season yet. 
they still have a chance to be the best team in the East. So still in all, as great as a team, as great of a team as the Suns are, the championship still goes through Milwaukee. So I'm going with the Milwaukee Bucks, and that's why I'm taking the field for as the team to win the championship this year. If I said Western <clears throat> Conference Finals, would you have said the Suns, or would you have still taken the field? I would have taken the field. Okay. You know I'm rolling with the dark side. I know side. you're rolling with the dark side. Mr. Vince Carter, how about you? Field or the Suns? I'm, I, 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 it's crazy is because I'm with the field on, on – you know, all, all these teams in the NBA and the West, just like you said, because I feel like Memphis is very capable. Uh, you know, Golden State, you can't you can't knock them. They have a great chance. But, yeah, the field, I mean, I'm just naming those two teams, and then you go over to the East. Uh, Boston is emerging. Of course, Milwaukee Bucks, like, like he said, and the 76ers, there's teams that have a chance. There's four teams in the East that have a chance. They're playing great basketball as well as the Suns. I'm saying the Suns are playing the best and has the best record, but – I have to take the field. There's too many teams out there that can give the Suns a run for their mm. money. But right now, I mean, the Suns are a complete basketball team. But there's too many teams out there that uh, in the field that, I, that you can choose from. It seems like if I said the Bucks at the field, you guys both would have said the Bucks. So that's mm. very interesting. But Big Perk, it's been a pretty long time since we've done a little segment called It's Over. Vince, uh -oh. what do you think? Should we do it? It's mm. over. <laughs> yeah, let's run it. Yeah, let's run it. Let's run He's going to catch it, put it between his legs, and dunk it. It's over. It's over. It's. That's how you did it, right? Like this? It's over. Oh, my goodness. It is over. So in this segment, Vince Carter tells us when it was over in a specific game. So what I want to do for this segment specifically, Vince, is take us through the moment it was curtains for the Warriors against the Suns last night. Absolutely, Malika. It was all because of that guy we call CP3, Chris Paul. Let's roll the tape. Getting Chris Paul back, you know, first and foremost is, is essential because he can break down the game. He sees things and he now gets the pick and roll that he wants. He sees the driving lane that he wants. But Chris Paul is so good, he can beat his man. And right here, he gets in front of his guy, Poole, takes him out of the play that puts the pressure on Draymond to have to make a decision. Does he stab help? Does he step up and give up the lob? Or does he allow Chris Paul to shoot the floater? Same situation. Gets the switch that he wants. Now, it's, I think it's Porter. There it is, the hesitation dribble. You see Wiggins not even paying attention. He gets to where he wants, has Otto Porter on his back. Draymond is in that same situation again with no backside help. Chris Paul gets to his floating game. Game, set, match. And you know what, Malika? Hmm. It's over. It's <laughs> over. Do it one it's more time. Over. There you go. It's over. And you said the magic words, it's right? It's over. Because Chris Paul has arguably been the best player in the clutch this season. He's been the best field goal percentage, the best plus minus, and is second in assists with 30 and only five turnovers. And regardless of when it was over, according to Vince, although that was a very astute observation, after it was really, truly over, the Suns, they just kept sweating. They got in a full throttle postgame workout in the bowels of Chase Center. 62 wins and they are still grinding. All right, let's see how it shook out, though, in the East between the Heat and the Celtics last night. Bam had it going early. He finished with a double-double going for 17-12 and 12 in this one. I know you were talking about that on Countdown, Big Perk. And Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler, they both contributed as well as the Heat get a huge 106-98 win over the Celtics, their second straight win since the season-worst four-game losing streak. So after all of that, 
here's where we stand at the top of the East, okay? The Heat are still leading with only five games to go. Milwaukee, both of your guys' favorites right now, a game behind, and then the Sixers and Celtics are two games back. So things are heating up at the top of the East. I now want to welcome in NBA writer, senior NBA writer, Brian Windhorst, to talk more at the top of the East. So I was texting with a Heat player last night, Brian, and he told me it feels like the team is back on track now. How important was this win to Miami last night? Michael, this was their biggest victory of the season, uh, not just because it helped them keep the number one seed, not just because Kyle Lowry was the Kyle Lowry that they gave all that money to last summer. He was the kind of offensive and defensive force that they envisioned when they signed him. But because of what you mentioned earlier, because mm. they've gone through some things over the last couple of weeks, and I got to tell you, they definitely have turned the page, but there's still some scars there. Uh, in, in the wake of that uh, bench little back and forth, you know, Eric Spolstra, and Jimmy Butler had to have meetings with Pat Riley and it yeah. took a couple of days and Eric Spolstra had a family a situation he had to be away from the team for a couple of days and it wasn't they didn't just spring back from what I'm told there was uh, some discussions that had to be had and you know I think that Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra you know they're both very strong personalities they push each other and they've pushed each other on and off over the last three seasons this was the closest they got to the line mm. where it was like boy this could go either way so they moved back Malika they're back right now and they're happy but let's just remember that that happened and we'll watch that going forward absolutely on the flip side though Brian we've spent a fair amount of time on this show talking about Robert Williams and the impact of his absence right how important is seating here for the Celtics going down the stretch the Celtics are really in an interesting spot. So you could argue that even though they've been the best team in the East since the first of the year, being in the one or two seed isn't the best position for them because they are not going to have Robert Williams in the first round of the playoffs. And that means they potentially could face Brooklyn if they're in the one or two. So if they take a loss or two down the stretch and fall back to the three, mm. that would remove Brooklyn as an option. And then in the second round when they have to play the elite teams they would potentially have him back but there's a problem with that strategy because if you play in the three seed which is where they are now you bring in the possibility of playing the Toronto Raptors yes. and our Tim Bontemps reported yesterday that the Celtics are not commenting on whether their full team is vaccinated they have said some words and danced around it but I stand by Tim Bontemps reporting on that. Now it is three weeks. It's about three weeks from right about now where there would actually be a road game in Toronto. So just because they're not maybe all vaccinated today doesn't mean they wouldn't be in three weeks. But this is an absolute issue. And anything yeah. that anybody says to dance around it doesn't change that fact. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, Tim Bontemps reported that the Sixers also didn't would not comment on whether their team is fully vaccinated. So that could be an issue for them as well. Big Perk, what do you think of all that we've just heard from Brian Windhorst, particularly around the Celtics? <clears throat> well, I mean, the Celtics have to be very, very careful. One, they're missing a guy that possibly could could win the Defensive Player of the Year award. Two, the Toronto Raptors are a top five team in the Eastern Conference. Like, when you watch them play, they have the size, they have the athleticism. No team really want to see them in the first round either, especially if you don't have a, a full roster or guys can't travel because they're not vaccinated. So, look. Although Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown has 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 emerged and they shown us that they could play alongside one another, it's still some concerns there. Like last night, I think when you look at it, the, the Heat were attacking the paint all night long. Mm. No disrespect to Al Horford or Daniel Tice, 
but they're not Robert Williams. And I keep telling people, Robert Williams allows those perimeter players to press up on people so that they could guard and be aggressive because you know that you have a guy back there that's protecting the basket the way that Robert Williams uh, is able to protect it. And the Miami Heat, one of the teams that Tim Bontemps is reporting, would comment and did say that they were fully vaccinated. Mm. All right, Brian, do not go too far, please, because you're coming back later in the show, but still to come on NBA Today, the bad blood is real between uh -oh. Blue Devil JJ uh -oh. Redick and Tar Heel Vince Carter. They square off in a Duke UNC debate. That's next. Oh, and speaking of insanity, the best dunks of the week, and only one can advance to the upper room. Well, Don't we got Soraka Hennessy. You know, Bible services. The drama in LA. Who on the Lakers needs to step up in order for them to bounce back into the play-in tournament? Don't go anywhere. You're watching NBA Today. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We've had so many amazing games, some that we've won and some that we've lost. But they've been really high-level games. A lot of drama. The intensity in this building right now. It's amazing. The the rivalry has gotten better and better. We all understand we're lucky to be a part of it. And for the first time in an NCAA tournament, North Carolina will take on the Duke Blue Devils. You can't go into the Final Four thinking rivalry payback. We want to win a championship. Get your popcorn ready for Saturday night. So here's the tale of the tape of one of the biggest rivalries in sports, Duke and North Carolina. They faced each other 257 times with the Tar Heels winning about 55% of those games. However, this will be their first matchup ever in the NCAA tournament. Who better to talk UNC Duke than Tar Heel Vince Carter and Blue Devil J.J. Redick and gentlemen. We're not looking for civil debate here. What I'm looking for is full throttle pedal to the metal. So with that said, going back to your respective playing games, Vince, I'm going to start with you here. When you were at UNC, take us into the Tar Heel mindset going against Duke in games. Go win, particularly at home. I mean, at, at their building. You know, we wanted to, my record was three and two. Mm. It's not good. Um, <laughs> but we wanted to win, point blank, period. I mean, it, you know, it, it was about, because I could think of the time where we were number one, no, they were number one, and we wanted to win in their building. And that's what it's all about, is this, this rivalry is bigger than just, oh, we're playing against Duke, and, you know, see what happens. We want to win. Like, they came to our building, and they were number one. We wanted to, we wanted to, to win. I mean, point blank. I, I, I thought, I, I, don't, I don't recall ever losing, but maybe one game, so. I, we got to go back and check that, that stat right there, that, that record of mine. Or we're going to go check the tape. JJ, I was going to say, I assume you own nothing in a shade of Carolina blue in your entire wardrobe, but... I, I, oh, he's is lying. That, is, that, is that Carolina blue that you're wearing right now? Take us through the rivalry from your perspective. 
The lighting in here is a oh, little okay. weird. Sure. This the is lighting. actually definitely, <laughs> definitely a shade off of Carolina blue. It's a shade off. Look, I grew up yeah. an ACC fan. I grew up a Duke fan. Some of my greatest memories of watching college basketball were Duke-UNC games, including 1998, Steve Wojciechowski's senior night when they came back to beat a Vince Carter-led uh, <laughs> UNC team. Uh, getting to participate in this rivalry the one is a lost, highlight of my career. Getting to participate in this rivalry is, is legit a highlight of my career. I always, had, I always had great respect for UNC, great respect for the players, the coaches, um, but it was just an honor. I, I, I vividly remember being on campus the day of my first Duke-UNC game. It was in Cameron. The buzz around the game, the buzz on campus, getting on that, uh, that Duke bus to go from, from East Campus to West Campus and go to Cameron, uh, just an absolute thrill. Vince, I, I, I want to take this up a notch here. Why is UNC going to win this weekend? Oh, why? Um, I think we figured out the formula. We didn't play our best basketball early, uh, early in the year. Uh, and, and I think defending, staying in front of the ball, obviously taking advantage of our ability to rebound. Historically, we're known for offensive rebounding and just eating up the glass, so you have to eat up the glass. And because Coach Huber Davis plays six guys, or maybe seven at best, you have to stay out of foul trouble. So you cannot turn the ball over, and you can't allow Duke to get in transition and be athletic. And that was the success they found at Duke, which they did not do at Carolina. We, were defending, we weren't defending the ball. We were fouling. We got in foul trouble, so we had to go deeper into our bench, which Coach did not want to do in a game like this. And we did a better job of that, taking care of our business in the second game, uh, winning at Cameron. Sorry. Vince and I Sorry. always had a little side bet when mm. we were playing active players. We always <laughs> right, had a little right, side right. bet on the oh. game. And I will tell you, I won a lot of those $100 bets. I won a <laughs> By the way, six and three, Vince. Six and three. I think we're going to need to add something for this weekend, too. But is there any added motivation for Duke players to send Coach K out on top? I actually feel bad for these guys. I feel bad for them. Look, every Duke player that too. comes through the program and gets to experience Duke basketball and playing it, uh, playing for Coach K, there's always pressure, and you want to maximize that experience. But this group has a very unique undertaking in trying to make sure that K goes out on top. There's a lot of pressure there, and there's going to be a lot of pressure Saturday night on the Carolina guys. This is, to me, I wouldn't be surprised if the first 10 minutes of this game are just bad basketball. Missed bunnies. Why? You know what, why. Though? Actually, like, yeah, I will say this. The okay, fact that y'all beat Coach in his last game, that takes away some of the pressure for tonight. Because you guys, Carolina fans okay. can talk about that for the next 50 years. Real quick, before we go, JJ, you mentioned side bets. What's the side bet between you two for this weekend? Is it another crispy 100? We'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it light. Oh. We'll, we'll say a crispy hundred. I, Vince, to your point, man. I said this. I said this, this is on final Tuesday. Four, though, bro. Yeah. No. I said, okay. Fine. We'll double it up. Two hundred bucks. Two like, crispy hundreds. There you go. <laughs> two my crispy hundreds. But I, I said this on Tuesday uh, when I was doing my ESPN hits, and I feel like either we are living in a simulation, or there really are basketball gods. The fact that we're getting this game on Saturday night. I couldn't be more excited. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Although I, I, I'm partial. I like the bet that the Suns made on our show. I think one of you guys is going to need to open a lemonade stand. The loser has to open a lemonade stand. Gentlemen, thank you so much. This is going to be a very exciting game. Yes, indeed. Go Heels.
Best of luck to both of our guys. So still to come on NBA Today, in order to actually get into the play-in tournament, which Laker needs to step up? We're going to discuss next. And Mr. Vince Carter does it every single week on NBA Today. The one dunk from this week that will forever be immortalized in the upper room. Plus, a strange moment last night, a flop, an ejection, a megastar weighed in on social media too. We're going to explain more NBA Today after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. all that type of stuff um, to be a part of that was, was something special something myself and my family will probably never forget so I, I'm appreciative of it and thankful and I thought it was a special moment man what a cool moment there for CJ McCollum and his return to Portland the Pelicans they get the win 117-107 in New Orleans now the ninth seed in the West so now you might want to ask what about the Spurs who hosted the Grizzlies last night well let me tell you just over 30 seconds left in this game. Let's go up to the end, because this is where it really mattered. Spurs down. Can't quite get it to go. Yes, they got it. Keldon Johnson. And we have a one-point game here. Spurs have one last chance. Oh, man. Can't quite get the friendly roll. John ja Morant likes it. So with that loss, the Spurs, they dropped to 11th in the West and out of the play-in tournament. Remember yesterday they were in the play-in tournament in the 10th. But with that, I want to pause just real quick and explain exactly what the play-in tournament is. So teams seeded 7 through 10 in each conference, they make the tournament. The 7 seed will play the 8 seed, and the winner of that game advances to the playoffs as the 7 seed. But the loser of that game, they do live to play another day. They play the winner of the 9-10 matchup for the right to be the eighth seed in the playoffs. Are you with me? All right, it means that basically two teams move on, two teams go home. There is no tighter race than the Western Conference where the Pelicans, Spurs, and Lakers are all separated by just one and a half games for the final two spots. I was playing with this a little bit before, but let me show you what I mean. All right, the Timberwolves, they're currently the seventh seed. Remember, we talked about that, the 7-8 game and the 9-10 game. They're the seventh seed. They trail the Jazz by just two and a half games. But take a look at this. Second easiest remaining schedule in the NBA. So might they have a chance to move up to that sixth seed and out of the play-in? Maybe. But the Jazz, they have the easiest remaining schedule left in the NBA. So let's talk about the Spurs. Let's talk about the Lakers. So two teams, those two teams we were just chatting about. The Lakers, currently the 10th seed. The Spurs, the 11th seed but they're separated by just a half a game. So the Spurs, you can see here, 11th easiest remaining schedule in the league versus the Lakers. That's who they're flip-flopping with, right? The second toughest remaining schedule in the NBA. And 
The Lakers don't even necessarily all the way control their own destiny with these two because the Spurs, they already own the tiebreaker. So I mentioned it. The Lakers, they're in action tonight in Big Park. You're going to have a chance to weigh in on this in just a second. But the Lakers, they are in Utah tonight. Remember who is currently out of the play-in picture completely. For more on the Lakers and their plight to make the play-in, I am joined now by senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski and Dave McMenamin, who is embedded with the Lakers for us and is also in Utah. And we all know by now who isn't with the team, right? LeBron James, who is here in L.A., rehabbing his left ankle. But, Woj, I'm going to start with you because, as usual, you tweeted our news and our newsroom reacted. What's the latest on LeBron and Anthony Davis' status for rejoining the team? Yeah, Malika, let, let's start with LeBron James, who's you know been out since Sunday with that ankle sprain. I'm told that he's going to try to test that ankle out on Friday uh, at home against New Orleans and see if he can return to the lineup. And you know, Anthony Davis, uh, he's looking also at Friday for his return. Obviously, he's been out since February 16th, and he's going to ramp up on Friday as if he's going to play, uh, get their pregame and see if he's ready to go. He's not going to be 100% when he returns to the lineup, hmm. but they understand in L.A. Uh, time is of the essence. This is a team with seven games left. They want to get in that play-in, and now the possibility exists that Anthony Davis and LeBron James potentially could both play on Friday. All right, so they could return as soon as Friday. Woj, thank you so much. Dave, as for Anthony Davis and LeBron, or the LeBron-list Lakers, let's say, they have the second toughest remaining schedule, as we just detailed, and that starts tonight against the Jazz, who are also struggling, losers of the last five straight. How much weight are the Lakers putting on this game? Uh, Malika, it's really trying to respond from last game in Dallas, where they fell down by 37 points. They were talking themselves into playing with a level of comp uh, competitiveness that they showed last week without LeBron and Anthony Davis against the Philadelphia 76ers. That wasn't anywhere to be found against the Dallas Mavericks. I asked Russell Westbrook, considering your success against the Jazz this season, the Jazz are the only team out of the Lakers' remaining six opponents that the Lakers have a winning percentage against. They're 2-0. Mm. Uh, is that something you can take into this game with some confidence? And he said, it means absolutely nothing. It doesn't matter. We need to find a way to compete. We talked to Stanley Johnson about the effort that they showed against the Mavericks, and he said it just wasn't acceptable. Um, Frank Vogel wants them to find a greater commitment and intention on the defensive end and let the offense sort itself out from there. But again, as you mentioned, Malika, this is a Jazz team that they have something to prove themselves because they're coming off that embarrassing loss to the Clippers. They're going to want to get right being back at home, and it's going to be another uphill battle for the Lakers tonight. Absolutely. I was chatting with Donovan Mitchell in the hallway after that Clippers game, and he knows. He knows that this, get, this game is circled, and he wants to win it. Dave, thank you so much. We're going to see you on the 6 o'clock Sports Center later this evening. I do want to bring back in Big Perk, Brian Windhorst, and Vince Carter. So there's a lot on the line down the stretch here for the Lakers. We've talked about it a lot this week. But Perk, I know you don't think the Lakers are going to make the play-in tournament. Mm -hmm. I know that. But they are still very much in contention for it. So for them to actually make it, who is going to be the most important player? <clears throat> the player that they traded for this offseason and Russell Westbrook. 
Look, we, we know that LeBron James is not going to be 100%. Hell, he might not be 75%. Same with Anthony Davis. But this is the time for Russell Westbrook to step up. Like, Russell Westbrook has a, has an opportunity in front of him to shut a lot of people up, including myself, and bounce back from the season that he's had thus far. So I'm looking at Russell Westbrook out of the big three. He's the guy that's healthy. He's the guy that's available. He's the guy that doesn't have question marks whether he's going to return, how he's going to look. He is there. So I'm going to say it's got to be Russell Westbrook who's going to be the most important player for as the Lakers getting into the play-in tournament. Who would you say, Vince? Well, I initially I said all of them. I said all of them. They all play a role because answer? their presence. Yeah, this, you oh. can't say all of them. Yeah, yeah right. no, wait. I'm, I'm getting it. Wait, uh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, Give I'm him time. But it, but I said it, it, all three of those guys on the floor are, are needed. They play an important role. But I said who has the biggest, who's the most important? I said I think it's Anthony Davis. Okay. I think it's Anthony Davis who has who has to step up because yeah, I, I agree with his injuries coming back, but. This is the guy in, in, in the bubble. We said, Perk, I even heard you said this guy could be the MVP the following year. He, they need bubble AD to show up. And yes, I know he's injured. I know that they have seven games left. Maybe the first two games, you know, maybe a little rough to get his legs back. But they, they're going to need that effort and everybody else will follow. If not, they're going home. Yeah, but, but Vince, they don't have two games to waste. What do you think, Brian? So I appreciate what Perk said about Westbrook. The thing about it is, Perk, I think Westbrook is playing the best he can. I mean, the game in Dallas wasn't good, but if you go back and look at his last 15, 16 games, this is the best he's played this year. His turnovers are down. They're still high, but they're down. His shooting is up. He's been better, and they still haven't been winning. And I just can't trust Anthony Davis. He probably wouldn't be playing if this wasn't a playoff race. So I have to say LeBron, and it's, it's unfair to LeBron because he's got a bad knee and a bad ankle. Totally. He's already giving them incredible minutes. I mean, he's playing more minutes in March than he's played in any month since he was 29, since, you know, eight years ago. So I, I, don't, I don't even really, I'm saying this, I don't even really think it's fair to ask more from him, but I think he's the only guy who's got more to give at this point. The only time that they seem to win is when he plays absolutely top of his game. So sorry, but it's probably got to be him. Yeah, I want to ask y'all something and start with you, Malik. I want to ask you this. What are the Lakers trying to do at this moment, right? You're bringing back a LeBron James that's, yeah. that's not fully healthy. You're bringing back an Anthony Davis that's not fully healthy. Like, I I'm just trying to figure out, can you help me out for a second? Can I help you? I mean, at this point, they're still in the play-in race, though, Big Perk. So, I mean, we, we just detailed yeah. it. There's only a half game that's separating them and the Spurs, so why wouldn't they be going? So you go all in with, with, with not being fully healthy, right? And then you get into the play-in tournament. And let's say they do win the play-in tournament. And then you have to maybe face a team well, like... Well, they have to win twice, right? Because yeah. they're looking at being in that 9-10 bracket, not that 7-8 bracket. So right. you have to win twice and then play the Phoenix Suns on the other side. Right, and, and, and I'm not a doctor. And I'm not trying to be, but I do have common sense, okay? I do know that when you're not healthy and you're trying to play at an extremely high level because this is the playoffs for the Lakers. So when you're going out there, then you put pressure on other parts of your body, which you could hurt something else. And I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not seeing the overall vision at this moment. Like, it would, with the Lakers, it's, 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 it's tight or a bust. Right. And they know they're nowhere near 
being a, a title team. Well, the cynical answer, right, could be, okay, there's still a scoring title on the line. Okay, what is going to be the future of some of these players that you could see them play at a certain level and then potentially become more valuable in the offseason? Brian Windhorst, you've been around a lot of LeBron teams. Take us inside the psyche. Well, LeBron always believes that you know if he's got a chip in a chair, he's got a chance. That's just been his mentality. But he's never faced a situation like this with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, their reward for getting through the play-in tournament is playing one of the most devastating teams I've seen in, in the last 10 years. And I, I will admit, I mean, it's sad that the Lakers have gotten to this where you're arguing whether or not they should go in, they should go all in for the play-in tournament. And I also know that one of the fastest things that you can do to get on LeBron's nerves is talk to him about his minutes. He doesn't want to hear it, but I just can't help but think right. back to Kobe Bryant in 2013 mm. when he played all those minutes and ended up hurting himself. I don't want to see that happen to him. All right. Well, potentially we're going to see him play in the playing tournament, as Burke said, and then see the Phoenix Suns on the other side, or there's still a chance they could drop once again to 11th. All right, still to come on NBA Today, though, a major announcement. One of the star prospects you see here has something to say. Find out which one. That's coming up next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Good evening and welcome to the draft at Barclays Center. Tonight marks the start of a new season. Thanks for being with us. Kobe Bryant. LeBron James has an NBA body. Your whole life, this moment has been the goal. And my favorite part is that you get to celebrate with those who have supported you. We'll look ahead to the future. The NBA draft will take place on June 23rd at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And one person who may be very interested in what happens that night joins the show now. Consensus first-team All-American, Wooden Award finalist, Big Ten Player of the Year, Wisconsin guard Johnny Davis. Johnny, thanks so much for joining us here on NBA Today. Thank you for having me. Of course. So you had an incredible sophomore season with the Badgers, averaging nearly 20 points, over eight rebounds per game. But I understand you have some news that you'd like to share with us today. Yes, uh, like I said, I would like to thank you guys for having me on today. Of course. Um, I also want to point out that, you know, my time here at Wisconsin was it was great. It was an unforgettable experience. Um, I thank all my coaches and my teammates that I had in my corner. And with that being said, I'd like to announce that I'll be declaring for the 2022 NBA draft and hiring an agent and can't wait for what happens next. Excellent. Congratulations, Johnny. What, what led to the decision to enter this year's draft? Uh, after talking it over with my coaches and my family, uh, they thought it was the best decision for me.
how would you best describe your game for our viewers who are watching and maybe aren't super familiar? How and how will it translate to the NBA? Uh, I would say I'm a very versatile guard who can score at all three levels, and I just love to compete. Uh, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes for my teammates to be the best that they can be and win games. Kendrick Perkins is in the studio here. He's nodding along, so he's like, yeah, competition, a competitor, that's what you need in this league. Is there a player in the league that I know you're the first Johnny Davis that, in Davis, but maybe that you pattern your game after? Uh, there's not one specific player. There's probably a few guys. I would say Devin Booker, mm. Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, a few of those guys. Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler. So, so you like to shoot a little bit. Devin Booker, or is it on the defensive end? Uh, I would say it's mostly on the defensive end. Mm. That's where I really hang my hat. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you hang your hat on the defensive end in the NBA. Johnny Davis, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. And we will see you in Barclays Center for the NBA draft. Congratulations again. Thank you so much, Malika. Absolutely. All right, so take a look at the best available prospects according to ESPN's Top 100 list. Johnny Davis is projected as a top 10 pick. And again, he just declared for the NBA draft that's here on NBA Today. So now to a story we've been following closely. Brittany Griner remains in detention in Russia since mid-February after Russian authorities said a search of Griner's luggage revealed a vape cartridges that allegedly contained oil derived from cannabis. So now two of Griner's USA teammates, they've broken their silence on her imprisonment for the first time. Angel McCautry and Brianna Stewart said Wednesday it could have been any WNBA player that was put in this situation. So I now want to bring in ESPN's women's basketball reporter Michelle Vopel for more on their comments who is live at the women's final four. Michelle, most WNBA players, they've been hesitant to talk about Griner's detention, hoping to avoid potentially hurting her case. Why is it significant that Brianna and Angel are speaking out now? You know, I think both of them are very close friends of, of Brittany. They've played with her on the U.S. national team, and they've played overseas. So they have a, a great deal of empathy um, and, and honestly fear for what she's going through. As you said, there's been a lot of thought from everybody involved in this, from the WNBA side and from the WNBA uh, union, to try to keep it pretty low-key because they don't want this to turn into a bigger issue than it already is. But the fact that these two players spoke out, I think, shows how concerned they are with Brittany. There's a really interesting and well done ESPN daily podcast that I would encourage all of our viewers to go and and listen to with Pablo Torre, who kind of dives a little bit deeper into all this. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. You bet. All right, still to come, the segment that only one man confront the best dunker in the history of the universe why not take us to the upper room that's next we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there but if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
We have arguably the greatest dunker in the history of this league in Vince Carter. Welcome to the upper room. I pick who's oh. going to take it to the upper room. He's like, bro, did he really try to jump with me? I did this my rookie year, too. I'm oh! Ugh. I tell you what, put him on the ground. We call that a body bag. May he rest in peace. Look at that view right about there. Some people levitate. It's levels to this. He makes it look so easy. Security guard, please open that velvet rope. Bang. Vince Carter is back for another installment of everyone's favorite dunk segment. So Vince, where are we going? The upper, the upper what? Yes. The upper room, baby. All right. So the way we do this, for those that are new at home, we present one dunk, all of us, and at the very end, Vince crowns a winner and immortalizes them forever in the elusive upper room. Okay, are you ready? Vince, obviously, you get first dibs. What do you have? Who's your nominee? All right, well, I'm going to nominate this young man who actually wears the Sacramento number 15 like I wore out there, guard known for defense, Davion Mitchell. All right. Mm. Show him what you got. Defense to offense. Oh. Here, like, who, oh. hey, who's expecting that? Ooh. Not me. We. I know he locks down <laughs> those who he defends. I, mean, I didn't know he had that. that in his bag. My mm. goodness. Hey, that 15 can fly now. That Ooh. 15 can fly. That's pretty good, pretty good. All right. I want to see, though, Vince, maybe I can top you. I would like to offer okay. to the upper room for consideration Jalen Green. We already knew he had bunnies. We already knew he had hops. But when you're playing against, it's a little Let's bit of interstate oh. crime, right? We're not talking about the Spurs. Oh. oh. My goodness, he got up. Look how far oh, back. You said sometimes goodness. when you have that rotation in your elbow and your shoulder like that, his head yeah. was on par with the rim right there. Mm. Oh. I mean, when you throwing it down like that, that's that's saying something. And he just casually ran back down. Just just for your consideration. Just for your consideration. All right. I think Brian Windhorst good, has someone to offer up though. Who? What you got, Wendy? <laughs> yeah, so let me appeal to your Central Florida roots, Mr. Carter. I offer you this beautiful, artistic okay. dunk from Terrence Ross. Just check out the oh, body control. Lately. It doesn't have the power oh. of others, but look at this beautiful turn. I mean, that would get a nine in a dunk oh. contest. I offer you, and I know you're the camp, the champion. Oh. Oh. A little light oh. ceiling fan. Oh my goodness. Hey, I, yeah, hey, <laughs> I don't know, Wendy. That could be a 10 from what we've seen lately. That could be a 10. From what we've seen lately, Bonus that's a points 50. for the backdoor cut, please. Big perk, last well, but certainly not yeah, least. Well, no dribble. Well, Vince, I, listen, I'm tired of getting dis disrespected at your front door. I done spun racks to get into the upper room. I done spun racks on bottle services. So listen, I'm going with the dark side. Bottles, the Anthony Melton. Listen, right here. Outside the dots. Hey. Outside the dots. <laughs> I'm going to blow by you one on one, and then I'm a oh on the seven footer. Oh, in traffic. Take a too. In traffic. Oh. In traffic. Oh, sorry. In sorry, traffic. Kavon. We Listen, we're used to seeing John Moran highlights out of this for us, Duncan. Who never thought Melton was going to be this? Remember, hey, I'm, I'm spinning big. Great point. All I'm right. spinning big in so, the upper room. So we hey, all but, hey, part, so, offering. Hey, let me, let me say something real fast. I got to say one thing. Pert lied to the people because he, he he drinks for free. <laughs> well, I was going to say, we've made our offering. We've offered to pay for full tables and bottle service. Which one of us is getting into the upper room? Um, I'm a Central Florida boy. 
Um, I once wore the Orlando Magic uniform and had a similar baseline dunk, but not quite like that. So Terrence, Roon, Terrence Ross, we're going to remove the velvet rope for you, baby. So welcome to the upper room, baby. Terrence, Terrence. Ross. Ross. I'm not even mad at this. I'm it's a little mad. I don't like to lose. To I'm, I'm <laughs> I mean, look at this. No dribble windmill going away from the rim and still elevating upward, oh. a.k.a. upper room. So, you know, let's go upper room. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Kind of remind me of that. Especially number 15, number 15. I, I'm a little salty that I didn't win, but I, I Terrence Rossi threw it down. I, I can't even be upset with that. I mean, Brian. I mean, and he's had a nice couple work. of those, Malika. I, I, He's had a couple of those that we kind of just pushed to the side. Well, pushed aside no more. He has been put into the upper room. Mm -hmm. All right, when we return, though, in just 60 seconds, so. the moment you have got to see from last night, a flop, an ejection, some hilarious social media reaction. That's all coming up next. Phantom of the Flopera on NBA Today. All right, so check out this from last night. Nuggets Pacers, Lance Stevenson defending Austin Rivers. Lance sells the raised elbow from Rivers, which it didn't even look like he touched Lance, and Rivers was charged with his second technical foul of the game. And then take a look at this tweet. Never in my life have I been thrown out of a game for something so ridiculous. Seriously, never. The league has got to look at this one. And then a superstar weighed in. Kevin Durant, he saw the video and simply tweeted, this is embarrassing so back here with big perk and vince mm -hmm. carter and i'm sure you guys saw this i'm sure you all have some opinions on the videos too i do want to make something clear though he wasn't ejected for a lot of folks on twitter thought oh he didn't even touch him he wasn't ejected for the flopping of putting the elbow in the face he was ejected for fake taunting elbow, yeah. for taunting so perk starting with you your reaction on the flop the just the, the whole shebang here well it, it is embarrassing and, and look don't do do during the heat of the battle when you're between those lines, one, you're going to talk noise. I'm okay with taunting, long as it don't cross the line. Second of all, there was a flop, and the refs have to be more aware of what's going on. And, and like, at some point, we got to hold officials accountable, right? Like, they have to have some type of penalty for missing things like this, because you go to the <laughs> review. No, seriously. you Because I was a guy that got texts. Right. I led the league in texts, and some of those texts I didn't deserve. I was ejected a lot, so I'm speaking on behalf of all the brothers that lost a whole lot of money due to technical fouls. You <laughs> For know no what reason. I'm saying? <laughs> I'm still thinking about that 200000 I didn't lost that I'd never get back and went to some charity I never heard of, right? But here's the thing. Do you feel better if you got to choose your charity? I had to. No, but I just don't know what charity. See, they take the money from you, okay? They take the fine money, and then they say, oh, we're donating it to a charity. But you never find out what charity it really is, okay? Mm. And I just had to get that off my chest. I felt like this was the moment for me to do that. <laughs> okay. What do you think, Vince? <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole lot yeah. there. Uh, hey, but yet it was the right moment, and I agree. This is it's a shame. It is unfortunate because, you know, you, 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 you said something like, you got to know the player. Obviously, they come in knowing situations if there's beefs or whatever you just got to know the situation you got to well sorry they got to know the player yeah. and what they're subject to we've seen lance stevenson do something like this before with floppy and and assuming he got hit and he really didn't to draw fouls and this is another situation it's unfor unfortunate and uh it, it, it correct me if i'm wrong that was his sec second it was his second so technical foul yeah so it was a second technical correct. foul okay, in so the game 
But it, here's the thing that, like, for yeah. me, I, I understand, right? I, I, I understand that it wasn't that he hit him in the face. That is the weakest taunting that I've ever seen. If that's all it takes to get right. you ejected for taunting, I mean, come on. Like, uh, we talk about was Matt well, Barnes. So, you said this. So was let's Matt think Barnes about this, I mean, Exactly. There's Matt no Barnes. Like, exactly. there's not even, I don't even want to think about this. It was a weak. Weak. That's it. That's all I have to say. Big I'm, just, I'm just thinking about my 200,000. All right, we're going to let Perk think about his 200,000, and we are going to see you tomorrow. NFL Live is coming up next. I'm sorry, Big Perk.